You've heard us talk about DraftKings, the leader in daily fantasy sports, and how Payday can come every day by entering their contest with huge cash prizes up for grabs. Making a lineup on DraftKings adds excitement to every night and is simple to do. Draft your lineup and feel the sweat like never before. Every moment means more with a DraftKings lineup on the line. DraftKings has paid out over $7 billion to users across all sports. DraftKings is the leader in daily fantasy sports, so there is no better place to get in on all the action. Now that you know how to play, download the DraftKings app and sign up using code THPN. New users will get a free entry with their first deposit. That's code THPN to get a free entry with your first deposit. Only at DraftKings. This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson. Chase Karashaw with me today. Chase, how you doing? Doing pretty good overall. We just recorded a WMP episode. It was, it was a good time. Now we're ready to talk some free agency. Uh, you know, disclaimer, it is about 530 Eastern time. So more stuff could still be trickling in after this. But uh, this is a convenient time to work for both of us. There's been, uh, you know, most of the big names have already moved at this point. So we figured we were safe to record. Hey, Chase, um, we saw Alex Ovechkin get signed before trade deadline actually happened. We saw Gabriel Landeskog get signed before the trade deadline window opened. We saw Taylor Hall signed before that happened as well. All, all guys going back to their same teams. And I'm just thinking, well, shit, this is going to be a boring free agency because none of the big names are going in. That, that kind of is still the case. Not a lot of big names However, holy shit, was there a lot of signings only two hours into the opening of free agency and already 60 deals were completed. Yeah, and like significantly more money than was given out last year, too. So sure, those big name signings weren't there, but there was a lot of money to be given out. You know, teams now that they have a better idea of what the salary cap's going to be like going forward. They're able to kind of ditch out those contracts last year. They were kind of wary. You know, last year was the worst year to be an unrestricted free agent in the NHL salary cap era, I would say. Um, it, some guys got shafted on deals and some guys just didn't really get deals. But now, um, yeah, teams were willing to pay. Teams are ready to pay now that Tampa's looking like, you know, that they're going to be a, a very different team. Maybe teams feel a little bit better about their chances next season. So they're willing to spend a little more money. But there's a lot of money given out. Uh, it definitely made it very exciting. And just the amount of faces changing teams, uh, it was crazy. And I, I have to apologize right off the bat. Uh, we were going to hop into Tampa stuff immediately. Going to be talking about the Braden Point signing, and we are going to do that here in a sec. However, uh, breaking news from Cap Friendly. Chase, you talked about how this league this year, for some reason, stuff's just not making sense. The trades that are happening, uh, Seattle's oh, picks, happened? not making sense. What New happened? Jersey, they send Will Butcher and a fifth-round pick to oh, Buffalo. No. For nothing. Oh, no. We're going to mention the signing later in the episode, but we might as well talk about it now. They signed Dougie Hamlin to, to a fucking $9 million a year average contract. The same contract hell freaking McCarr got. And this is what happens. You got to just ship off a competent NHL defenseman. 
you know, sure, he might not be worth his captain anymore. What the fucking do? He's still a competent defenseman. He's still very worthy of being an NHL player. You had to ship him off for literally nothing because you overpaid for Dougie Hamilton. Your team's not getting any better. What, what are you doing? Oh, this is this offseason is just mind-blowing. And we saw Marc-Andre Fleury, the reigning Vesna champ. Poor guy. He, he gets shipped off over to Chicago for, again, no return. And I'm just... Uh, and let's talk about that real quick. Uh, you said poor guy. I mean, the guy is the most stand-up player out there in the NHL. Like, the person that Marc-Andre Fleury is, is someone that ideally everyone could realistically look up to and say, hey, that's a guy I want to be uh, pretty similar to when it comes to in life. I mean, the guy is awesome. He's a great family person. He's a great player. And yet he gets done dirty time and time again. Uh, the whole controversy, what was it, a year or two back when we saw the graphic of the sword through Marc-Andre Fleury's back. Um, and then he rebounds, has a great year, a Vesna winning year plays really well in the playoffs and then he has to figure out he got traded to Chicago through social media it's such horseshit it's such an easy guy to root for uh you know even when he was on the Penguins and I hated the Penguins he was still someone I at least liked enough you know I, I always thought he was also slightly slightly overrated too but that doesn't change how I feel feel about him as a person and you know recently he's played fantastic just one of Vesna so I, I, he deserves every ounce of credit in the world but the disrespect he's just been he was handed off by the Penguins in expansion draft for nothing. He was just handed off by Vegas after winning the freaking Vesna for literally nothing. I, I, I just don't understand. He was the face of that team. I don't care what you say. He was the face of that Vegas team. Uh, he didn't want to go. They told him they wanted him there. They didn't want him going anywhere. And then they didn't even tell him when they trade him. It, it, it's fucking horseshit. It, it, I don't like the job Kelvin Crimmins done at all since he's taken over. Uh, you know, when it was what's his nuts, um, the the old Washington GM that became GM of the team from the beginning, drawing a blank on his name right now. But when, when he was running the team, you know, I, I was more of a fan of the moves they were making. Kelly McCrimmon comes in, uh, fires Gerard Gallant and, you know, has made some questionable decisions that I just do not agree with at all. Like the Cody Glass trade is another one, too. Uh, I, I just I, I hate what Vegas is doing right now. It's starting to become a team I root for less and less. And, you know, final thing on Flurry. I feel bad for his family, too, because he said he wants to play in Vegas, doesn't want to play anywhere else. When his kids found out the news, his, his daughters, they were crying for an hour straight because they don't want to move because they love it there. So I don't think he plays this year. I don't think he plays for anybody but Vegas. And now that they traded him, I think he just retires and he's done playing hockey. And this is the end of his career. And that sucks because I think he's sitting he's close to the top three if not already in the top three for goalie wins in his career I mean the guy has had a phenomenal career gonna be a hall of famer um so that would suck to see him have to retire because of the situation he gets put into and if goalie captaincy was a thing he would have been the captain of the Vegas Golden Knights like I think easily so yeah. uh on really unfortunate situation there and just the one thing that stinks, Chase, is you talk about you really don't like the direction that Vegas is going. We were hoping that Seattle, they oh would be God. the new expansion team that we could root for. We love the jerseys. We love the logo. Like everything about it coming into it was awesome. But then we actually see what they start to do and not a fan. We'll talk about that after we get through the Tampa stuff, though. We are gonna we are gonna gripe on that a little bit more. Talk about some of the craziness. I just want to say, like, 
we've been talking for how long I've been recording for. We've been talking for about seven minutes here. And this has already been so frustrating because it's just so much frustrating shit that we have to talk about in in this episode. Even though there's some enjoyable stuff, there's still some frustrating shit, too. Like, 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 what the hell? Yeah, well, let's get into the enjoyable now. Wrap back around to the frustration towards the end so that when we go over to uh, eat dinner with the families, we'll just be just triggered. There we go. (laughs) Okay. All right. Happy news first. Uh, Biggest piece of news, Braden Point, eight-year extension, nine and a half million. This is uh, one of the guys on this Tampa Bay team. We bring him back. Uh, Obviously, he didn't have a super long deal. I think it was a two- or three-year extension we gave him a couple of years back. Now he gets the eight-year extension. A lot of money wrapped up into him, but it's definitely worth it. It's money that's earned 100%. um, you know, it would have been nice to see it coming in a lower cap hit, you know, give the team a little bit of a of a discount. But at the end of the day, you know, get your money. I'm for players getting their money. I'm also, you know, for players sacrificing a little bit to win championships, but they've already won two. Uh, you know, he should get paid. He's, you know, he's probably that's probably his market value. If he were to hit free agency, I think he might get paid, you know, another 500 grand more than that. He might make 10 million a year. So you, when you're resigning guys, you'd like to get them below their market value because you think that they're with the team, they're happy, they're willing to you know make sacrifices to go on and win championships. But you know they're at the point where they did win those two championships, and the team is drastically different. Where I think he like is happy to just get paid. I, I'm not like trying to discredit him or anything. You know he's a fantastic player, and he's I'm, I'm very happy to pay him that. But it would have been nicer if he could have come in, you know, like the Stamkos pay range, you know? Yeah, I feel that for sure. But having Bren Point locked up for eight years, that's that's going to be a luxury, and I think. At this point, maybe five years down the line when the um, cap room just keeps expanding, I think we're going to be looking back and thinking, OK, this is a, this is a really solid deal. Um, yeah, it's going to be seen as kind of like a Sidney Crosby esque deal. I mean, Crosby, the best player in the world for many, many years, only making that eight point seven. And yes, it is because he's superstitious and all that weird stuff. But I don't think it's going to be bad a couple years down the line. Um, one of the main reasons why we were able to get this big extension done. Tyler Johnson no longer on the Tampa Bay Lightning's books. Yeah, so he's going to Chicago along with a second round pick for the Brook, or the Brent Seabrook contract. Excuse me. So Seabrook will go on LTIR when season starts and he'll just become a whole lot of nothing. Uh, you know, it is what it is. You, you got to clear up cap space. I saw this coming. Maybe not this exact move, but I figured it was going to be Johnson, you know, plus a draft pick at the end of the day. You know, we, we saw what the market was with Arizona, what, what they were getting in return and a team taking on a contract like that. They weren't going to do anything unless that's what Tampa did. So. Sure enough, they had to. It would have been nice if it could have been like a third or something. But at the end of the day, it is what it is. And I'm overall content with it. And that's the shitty thing that we talked about is that you were saying the market's already been set. So even if I was thinking Tyler Johnson performed pretty well in the playoffs, he looked good, a key piece of this team. Uh, Maybe we could have shipped him off for a third or a fourth instead. But you came in and said, hey, the market was already set. We really couldn't do anything about it it had to be done so um unfortunate to lose a second but to be able to clear up that room it's got to be worth it and now we got that cap space to try to go three for three back to back to back yeah and i mean the the main like star pieces are still here so it's definitely plausible and you know with the signs we're going to mention here in a jiffy I, I like the direction that's heading especially with young guys that are gonna be coming in too, making the move from syracuse onto the nhl so it's still going to be a very good roster, and it's going to be a playoff team. 
um, and a, a team that's still going to be contending for that championship. And Chase, we talked about the backup goaltending issue with Tampa time and time again during the regular season. We were a, a little bit frustrated with Curtis McElhinney's play, but we also understood that, hey, he's not getting many games. Vasilevsky, obviously the ace. He's taken all the games that he can, and then McElhinney comes in. Not very warm, hasn't had much game experience, so he didn't perform as great. McElhinney no longer here. However, Weeburn and Brian Elliott through free agency. Is this an upgrade in your mind? A kind of just standstill or maybe even a downgrade? I, I'll call it an upgrade for sure. Like McElhinney is never a guy you're going to trust to win you the game. Brian Elliott, he's had some success in the NHL being that kind of guy. Uh, he's really, you know, like that, that ship sailed at this point. I still think he's in a, he's a, you know, a better spot now than Michelini would be. So it, it, it's an upgrade, but at the end of the day, I mean, he'll play 20 games next year at max. So like if, if long as they can win more than they lose in those games, they'll be just fine. Yeah. And the nice thing is it's nice and cheap, a one year, $900,000 deal. So perfect for a backup. Uh, the other really big free agent signing, or not really big, but decently sizable is Zach Bogosian. He comes back to Tampa. We had him before. He comes back three years, eight, 850,000 per year, looking at just over two and a half million for his whole deal. I, I would call this a, actually a significant signing uh, because Bogosian's going to come in and he played well in the playoffs for us. We, we saw that then he walked and went to Toronto and it just, you know, it, it ended up not working out as well as it probably expected to or he wanted it to. But he's going to come in and he's going to be the sixth or seventh defenseman. He's going to probably not play every game, but I would bet that he plays in a decent chunk of them. And at 850K for three years, that offers you an NHL defenseman at a very low salary that if things do go south, you can trade them or you can buy them out and it's going to cost you really nothing to do uh, it, it is the definition of a perfect signing for what they were looking to fill. Yeah, you got to love the money on it. And we've got a couple other signings we want to mention, Chase, kind of more minor deals with Schuster and Bellamar. Yeah, so uh, Andre Schuster is coming from the KHL. Uh, he, he's signed in a, a one year deal. I think it was. I think Bellamar might have signed a two year deal. Uh, guys, I fully expect to be on the NHL roster. Uh, Schuster would not come over to North America if he wasn't expecting to be an NHL player. You know, if he gets sent down, it'll be kind of a Vadim Shipchev type of situation. I'm guessing where he would go back over. Uh, and then Bellamar, you know, he's going to come in and kind of try to take the roles that Coleman and Gaudreau have left. Uh, he's not going to be able to do it at the same level. Those guys just had a special connection. But he's going to come in, you know, play a decent bottom six role, kill some penalties and just kind of alleviate some minutes for those top guys. And Andre Schuster, obviously a guy that we are very familiar with, played six years for the Tampa Bay Lightning before heading over to Anaheim and then eventually heading over to the KHL. So he's coming back over. That'll be exciting to see what he can do. And um, it'll be a really nice depth piece for us as we move towards another, hopefully, long playoff run but that's it for the tampa news as of right now big signing in braden point got a nice couple of signings with bogosian elliott bellamar suster and then tyler johnson the trade to clear up some of that space uh chase do you see more signings coming forward when it comes to the tampa bay roster signings that could end up in a player being a day in day out starter i'm gonna lean towards no um so think of the names that are out the door. We got Yanni Gord, Blake Coleman, Barkley Gaudreau, David Savard, or Curtis McElhinney. 
So those are the main names out the door. Uh, we filled the back of goalie role. We filled the right-hand shot D role with two players. And then up front, we got Bellamar. And we got to make sure we have room for Alex Barboulet. Uh, T- Taylor Radish should be ready to go. Boris Kachuk, he's going to be, you know, right there as well. So like there's there's roster spots to be taken by these young guys that need to be left open. Uh, there might be somebody that is signed that can be, you know, a borderline like bubble type player just in case those young guys aren't ready. But don't expect anything too crazy. All right. Well, that's going to do it for these first half, this first half of the Bolts broadcast. On the other half of the Bolts broadcast, we are going to be going back into uh, the frustrating. We're going to be talking about a lot of the signings that are happening. But first, before we do that, Chase, I do want to talk about the Seattle stuff. So we'll talk about that right after this. What's up, everybody? It's Jaron from the Hockey Podcast Network's newest show, the Windy City Benders Podcast. My co-host Tanner and I bring our unique takes on Blackhawks hockey. Us on the show have been a, a pro Carlton guy. For He's the right coach for the situation. Giving it to our rivals. That's one of the things that kind of sucks. I wish we would have had the Blues in our division this year because our trash. As well as bringing in some guests from the NHL. Please welcome to the show, goaltender Scott Darling. The Eagle himself, Ed Belfort. Brian Bickle. David Boland. Letter Kenny. And the, the show started out with uh, basically... A beer league hockey team. And anybody who loves the game. Find us on all your favorite podcast apps, the Hockey Podcast Network website, and on social media at WCB Podcasts. All right, and we are back. Chase, want to talk about the Seattle stuff. Uh, earlier in the episode, we said that Vegas, not really tickling our fancy, tickling our peach. However, we thought, okay, Seattle, they're going to be the expansion team that we root for now. Going to be exciting to see what they do. And, well, um, not great things. We saw what they did at the draft. We talked about that already. We weren't super excited about it. Um, getting Maddie Beneers, I love that. But one of the most confusing things had to do with their Columbus pick. Yeah, so Gavin Bayreuther, the defenseman, um, a guy who I barely knew who he was. You had no uh, no fucking idea. Uh, he is an expiring free agent. He, they don't come to a contract. Uh, they, you know, they, they don't come to like a resolution. He just walked back to Buffalo or Columbus for a two year deal. So I, I don't understand why take him. Why leave better players on the board? Uh, he was probably the sixth or seventh player, honestly, that you could have taken from Columbus. Um, it, it, I I just I really really hate what Ron Francis has done so far. It, it's really disappointed me. Um, everything was looking good, up, literally up until the hack cell signing. I've said this before, and it's all been pretty much downhill since. I don't really agree with very much of what they've done. You know, and I do want to say, before you make, make any other comments, with their expansion draft, you know, if these were the best options they had left them, so be it. It is what it is. It'd be easier to root for. But knowing what they left on the board, it, it's just, it's hard to, you know, like, excuse, and it's hard to, like, really feel for them if they struggle. And what's left on the board is a free Max Domi. However, you decide to pick... Nothing because Bay yeah, Ruther walks. So very confusing moves. And Chase, you said it before we started recording that what they did in the expansion draft, it made it look like, okay, they're going to go make some huge free agent signings, or maybe they're going to pull an Arizona route, buy a bunch of contracts for picks. Um, uh, however, that's not really the case. They've had, Three decent chunk signings with uh, Philip Grubauer, Jaden Schwartz, and Alex Venberg, but I, I don't think those are earth shaking. The Grubauer one makes n- absolutely no sense. Like, 
you you draft Dreiger, you draft Vanacek, you, you draft those guys to be your your main two goalies, and you bring in Grubauer. Now one of those guys has to be, you know, shuffled down to the American League or has to be traded. Uh, it just creates an extra headache for you to have because neither one of them are going to get enough of a return where it's really worth just doing that. Like Grubauer doesn't make you that much better. Um, signing Jaden Schwartz, I like Jaden Schwartz, but like to be your scorer, he's not that guy. He just he just isn't. He never really has. He he never will be. Alexander Weinberg, you know, I, I enjoy him as a player too, but yet yet again, just nothing special. He'll never be your guy. So all they've really done is put themselves out of that tier of really contending for first overall. They, you know, they're not a bottom six or seven team in the, in the league, but they're n- also not really a playoff team. They're in about, you know, that like eighth, ninth, tenth draft slot, kind of where their team's looking like. And why is that how you want to start as a franchise? Makes no sense to me. It makes me think that they're looking at the Vegas situation and they're like, all right, we want exactly that. So they didn't like the goaltenders that were available in the expansion draft. So they're like, all right, let's go get our flurry and free agency and Philip Grubauer. Not the case. Grubauer is not Marc-Andre Fleury. Don't expect that. And then you're thinking, oh, Wild Bill, Will Carl- William Carlson. Let's go get him. Who could that be? Oh, maybe Alex Wenberg. Maybe Jaden Schwartz, guys who haven't really reached their full potential and have, uh, at least in Wenberg's case, shuffled to a couple different teams. Maybe this is where he can figure it out. I, I don't I don't think so, it, at least with all of the players you have that will be surrounding those two. Um, I, I don't see it. You got some good players like Yanni Gord, but it's it's tough. I, I don't it's like they wanted to be bad. Yeah, it's, it's it's not like they want to be bad. It's like they want to be mediocre, like like not good enough to actually be good, not bad enough to actually be bad. They just want to be in that Calgary range, that Arizona range, just just mediocre. I, I really makes no sense to me. You commit to being good or you commit to being bad. If you could commit to being good, you know, there were some good players left on the board and some free agents you could have targeted. You could have offered, you know, sure, you got defense, but you could you could have just paid a guy like Dougie Hamilton at the end of the day and he would have come in and made a difference. Or, you know, up front, you could have targeted, you know, a couple extra forwards, not just James Schwartz. If you had Max Domi and if you had Vladimir Tarasenko in, you know, it makes things look a lot better, too. Uh, it just, it's very puzzling what they've done. It's not a team I'm really looking forward to rooting for. For sure. Well, Chase, let's talk about some of the departed Tampa Bay Lightning. Where did they go? So we'll start with David Savard. He gets a four-year deal, $3.5 million a year to Montreal. Uh, obviously, Montreal has a lot of experience with David Savard because they just got their ass kicked by him in the playoffs. So you like the signing. I, I, I Do you not like the signing? I think overall, not a bad cap hit at all. No, the value is perfectly fine. Uh, the years are perfectly fine. I just, I don't know. I don't know if I like the fit in Montreal. I just don't think he's that type of guy. They're trying to find someone to fill in the shoes of Shea Weber, and like no one's going to be able to do that. Uh, I I like Savard in the role that he played with Tampa. It was kind of a complimentary, complimentary role. I think he's a high-end complimentary defenseman. I don't think he's a guy that I would want playing you know, like 22 possibly minutes a night, and he might be doing that in Montreal. So I, I don't know if I love the fit, but like value-wise, it's not bad. Yeah. And then we know that Barclay Goudreau went to the Rangers and that Yanni Gord went to Seattle. So the last real big piece was Blake Coleman. Blake Coleman went over to Calgary and he got a little bit more money than we expected. He got freaking paid 4.9 a year, right? That's what it was. Yep. For um, six years. Yeah. But yeah, good, good for him, though, honestly. Uh, like he, he's a good player and I think he's, you know, an awesome middle six type of guy. 
But at the end of the day, it's all he is. And that's like maybe even a ceiling is middle six. He might be more bottom six, truly. 4.9 is going to end up looking pretty bad in a couple of years. I got a feeling not necessarily because he's going to be like playing horribly. I think he'll still be playing fine at that point. But just because, you know, that's money you could pay to other guys. Uh, you know, you're, you're stuck in this spot where you just can't get better. You have Johnny Gaudreau, you have Sean Monahan. Uh, you got to figure out what to do with these guys. You got Matthew Kachuk as well. And I just don't think this is I, I just don't think this is the move for them right now. This is a piece that you add if you're trying to you know, push yourself over the hump like Tampa did. And they're just not going to be pushed over the hump with this. And Chase, a couple of years back, I think it was 2016, maybe. Um, one of the free agencies, the one where Andrew Lodd got signed, Kyle Poso, Franz Nielsen. I remember on the day they got signed, you and I were thinking, I don't really understand that. I, I think it's really going to look bad when it comes, you know, three, four years down the line. Sure enough, all of those contracts look terrible. Um, you're talking that could be the case with Blake Coleman. I think two other names you could look at similar cases. You got Philip Deneau and Zach Hyman. Yeah, uh, Philip Deneau, holy hell. That was a lot of money and a lot of term to really, after a season, he's automatically their number three center at best because Quinn Byfield is going to be demanding top six minutes at least after a season, if, if not sooner than that. So he's going to come in and play a complimentary role. At that kind of money, it makes absolutely no sense. Zach Hyman, I like him a lot too, but to get five mil a year, uh, no, no, I'd pay him like three and a half. Um, you know, they say that the first day of NHL free agency is the day that the most mistakes are made in the NHL, and that really is true. Like eighty percent of big contracts end up failing. Only twenty percent, maybe end up even becoming like decent, and maybe only five percent are truly worth it at the end of the day. Uh, it, it's a very bad day for for the NHL. You know, it's great for the guys because they get they get paid and stuff. But like a Philip Deneau signing for L.A., like how does that do anything? How, how does that make you a better team right now? I, I really don't think it does. I'd rather have Quentin Byfield getting the opportunity to get those minutes because that dude is a talented hockey player and he needs all the opportunity he can get. Yeah, five and a half million. Not a big fan of those two contracts. Um, Patrick Line. A guy that we weren't too certain on what was going to happen with him. We knew that he was either going to stay in Columbus or there'd have to be a trade because uh, Columbus, they have his RFA rights, not going to just let him walk for free. Well, it turns out he is coming back for one year at seven and a half million. Yeah, so that was his QO, his qualifying offer, if anyone doesn't know what that is. So he just signed his qualifying offer. How it works, if you do not know, if you got a player who is RFA eligible still, so they're either under the age of 27 or they've um, played less than seven years in the NHL, then they can be an RFA and their, their rights are restricted as a restricted free agent. So you send them a qualifying offer and it, it's either what they made last season or it can be up to 10% more than what they made last year, depending on if it was under like a million dollars. So he made seven and a half mil last year. Of course, they're going to qualify him not just let him walk. And of course, he's going to sign that because like he's probably not played even up to that much value right now. Absolutely. And uh, another contract that I want to look at is Frederick Anderson. This was a guy who played pretty well in Toronto over the past couple of years. And Chase, there were some question marks on why the hell Carolina gave up Alex Nadalkovich. Well, uh, apparently they had this in mind, and that's getting Freddie Anderson. Yeah, the, the goalies that moved today were just, it was, it was weird. Um, you know, I, I think... If, if you're going to, you know, move on from a goalie, Freddie Anderson's probably like, and move on to a new one, I should say. Freddie Anderson's probably the guy that you want in. Um, it, it's worth taking a shot on, I guess, at the end of the day. But when you lose Neto Jokovic, you lose, um, what's his nuts, Mrazek. You, you get Reimer in, and he's just, you, you, you can't come to anything with him. 
it was just a very weird kind of goalie carousel that's going on there in Carolina. But but they get their guy in uh, and Freddie Anderson. I, you know, I think it's a, a fair enough signing. I think it kind of puts them about the boat they were this year. It doesn't make them too much better, too much worse or anything. I think they're kind of the same type of team. Absolutely. And then we see Tyson Berry return to Edmonton, Alec Martinez returning to Vegas. And then, um, Chase, we also wanted to talk about some a little bit more lesser contracts, I guess. So we'll start with Dimitri Yaskin. He's heading to Arizona. And you say lesser contract. This is not a lesser contract based on the value. He gets a $3.2 million payday. So a one-year $3.2 million deal. I mean, good for him. Like, for someone who struggled mightily in the NHL, went to the KHL and won an MVP and dominated, uh, he, he gets a good payday coming back. So, you know, that's fine. Good for him. The most comparable signing to this is Vadim Shibachev, who I mentioned earlier in the year. Played three games for Vegas, went right back to Russia. I don't think that's going to happen. I think he'll hang around for the season, but like, is he going to live up to that value? I don't know. A one-year deal, you know, it's it's not a bad thing to bank on. He should get ample opportunity in Arizona. Um, you know, he, he could be someone who, if he actually actually ends up playing pretty well and maybe is somewhat worth that money, could be a really valuable trade candidate at the deadline. And then we see Tony D'Angelo heading over to Carolina for one year. Um, D'Angelo, a guy who is pretty productive in the offensive zone, not so much in the defensive zone. And there is some behind the scenes worries with him. Um, thoughts on this signing? I, I think it's fine. Um, you know, they, they traded for Ethan Barrett today, too. I don't know if we I think we completely like didn't go over trades, but yet or if we plan to whatever, whatever, regardless, they traded Warren Fogle for Ethan Bear. So like they kind of got a not really a Dougie Hamilton replacement, but like a step in for Dougie Hamilton and D'Angelo just another guy to come in and kind of do that same type of role. So as a player, you know, I'm fine with it. He's got some baggage to him. Um, I, I don't think his baggage should be a career ender by any means. He should still be, you know, getting opportunities. He just needs to learn to shut his mouth. Yeah, there's it's no baggage like the um, Mayu situation that was happening in Montreal. Um, but nonetheless, there is some there. Uh, Chase, thoughts on that Ethan Bear trade? It was for Warren Fogle. Uh, you said you were very confused by it because they gave up on Jake Bean and then immediately went and got Ethan Bear. Yeah, so I get that you're, you're buying the right-handed defenseman instead of the left-handed defenseman, but Jake Bean, is a, he's still a legitimate NHL prospect defenseman. He's going to go into Columbus and he's going to have a lot of success. I, I guarantee you, I will bet anything on that. He's going to be a, a 20 plus point defenseman at least this year. He, he's a very good hockey player. And I like Ethan Bear a lot too. So I, I think this is a, I think this is a great trade for them. Um, at the end of the day, Warren Fogle, equally Ethan Bear. I'd much rather have Ethan Bear every day of the week, but just to give him an, on Jake being like that, a guy you spend a first round pick on just to get a second in return. I don't know. I, I just, I don't love it. Yeah. All right, Chase, Alex Edler to LA. What do you like about this one? Or dislike. Yeah, that's that's the reason I wanted to bring up this one. The rest of the signings I like. This is one one I wanted to um really bring up about disliking because kind of same thing with Philip to know why it's, it's a three and a half million dollar deal for Edler, uh, just one year. So it's not like it's a long term type of thing. But like like let your young guys get in. Let, let Tobias Bjorns guy get some more opportunity. Uh, you know, let uh, Sean Dursey maybe get up there. Maybe Cal Clay can get an opportunity. You got some younger defensemen in that system. I'd just rather see see them get the opportunity. LA's not a team that's really ready to win. I know they want to try to since they still have Quick and Kopitar and Brown on their contracts, but reality is they're, they're really not that team. So I, I don't know. It just seems a little weird to me, maybe counterproductive to the kind of rebuild, but like 
I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's just another guy who's bound to get traded. Yeah, and Chase, let's talk about the Ryan Suter and Zach Parise situations real quick. And after we do that, then I'll let you hop into the last three or four names that you liked in the free agency um, signings that you have kept your eye on. But Ryan Suter, he's going over to Dallas. We saw Zach Parise going over to the Islanders. What do you like or dislike about these situations? Yeah, I mean, good for both these guys. I, I think... I think they'll both kind of work out. Uh, I think Suter's going to play a pretty safe role in Dallas's uh, decor, and Prize's going to get a he's going to get an interesting role with the Islanders. I, I think he's going to end up being one of their more productive offensive players. He's going to have a, a decent chance. You know, they're not going to be a high scoring team like they weren't you know the last couple of years. But I think he's going to come in and actually like perform better than he did in Minnesota. Uh, both these guys, I think that they're just these are changes of scenery. Uh, works out well for both of them. I think they're both going to flourish in this opportunity, honestly. I do like the Suter deal with Dallas a lot, and it's weird because Dallas, they love going after the older guys who had prior success but are dropping off. I mean, we see that with Jason Spezza, uh, Joe Pavelski. He wasn't dropping off as much, but I think we've seen now that he is dropping a little bit. And then Ryan Suter, a similar case that they're going to bring him in and hope that they get some good play out of him. They definitely won't be getting the play out of him that he saw in his prime. But I did think it was kind of a funny coincidence that they just continue to go after these vets that are kind of on the decline. Yeah, hundred percent. All right, Chase, talk about those three or four players that you have kept your eye on moves that you loved in this free agency. So I'm gonna start with the goalies then end with the last guy. I got uh, two names for goaltenders and one skater that I want to mention real quick before we move on. Uh, Peter Mraz to Toronto, Linus Olmark to Boston. So Boston moving on from Tuka Rask as their starter. Um, I think Olmark's played pretty well in Buffalo, kind of underrated because they've been such a bad team. I think they, they got a decent chance between him and Swayman, kind of doing one AB type roles to, you know, continue being the team that they have been for the last few years and contending for a championship. And then Peter Morazic up in Toronto. I think that works out incredibly well for them. You know, sure, it's a downgrade from Freddie Anderson, but at the end of the day, Jack Campbell, he needs more playing time. And if you have Freddie Anderson, Freddie Anderson in, he has to be your starter. So, Jack Campbell, Peter Morazic, can you know they can do like a 50-30 type of split. You know, 50-32 would be specific if you want to do that. Or, you know, maybe even a little closer. But both guys can rotate in pretty well. Um, and I think that works out well for Toronto. I think it's better than their situation was before. And then last one, Pia Suter goes to Detroit. I don't know why Chicago didn't qualify him. I'd say he was definitely the best free agent that was uh, eligible to be qualified who was not qualified. I've been hammering for him to come over from Europe for years. He finally does it last season. He finds success, scores at about half a point per game, plays well defensively, and just Chicago lets him go for literally nothing. So Detroit gets him. He could be a you know another just kind of underground, like undercover type of great signing and trade for Steve Eisman like he's had the last few years. There's a lot more signings to come. I mean, we've covered a lot. Um, So if you do want to learn more about what has happened so far or what's to come, you can go check out a multitude of sites. I know Chase and I were using Cap Friendly and TSN mainly to keep track of all of these deals, and uh, we're going to continue to keep an eye on those. But Chase, we'll hop into trades really quick. There was a couple that we have yet to mention, and then after that, we'll hop into hockey name of the day so i think first we look at the golden knights they go out and acquire evgeny dadanov in exchange for nick holden and a third round pick not sure why vegas decided to go pick up a winner that's getting overpaid when they are already in some cap trouble but that's what they decided to do yeah i, I don't know i i heard on the on uh, the tsn's broadcast that this could be just a domino like piece and eventually trying to trade for jack eichel at the end of the day 
Um, if that's the case and it makes sense, otherwise it, it is weird. They got him for a decent value. Nick Holden a third, like that's nothing. Um, so if he can come in and produce, then sure, that's fine. But they really do need help down center. They, they try to say that they're not worried about it, but they got to be worried about it. They, they need to figure out that center depth. And then a couple of defensemen that got traded for picks. Uh, we see Nikita Zadorov go over to Calgary for a third. We see Nate Schmidt go over to Winnipeg for a third. And then finally, Brendan Dillon going over to Winnipeg as well and going back to Washington to second round picks. So those first two, I think those are fair values. Uh, just kind of good opportunities for or new opportunities for those guys to maybe kind of figure out themselves again. Um, and the Nate Schmidt, funny enough, he was traded to Vancouver for a third. So they just, you know, get back what they gave originally anyway. But the Brendan Dillon one is really what I want to like mention real quick. I don't know why Seattle decided not to take Brendan Dillon, especially when the market for him was two second round picks. Uh, you know, you, you take on the extra defenseman, trade him for two second round picks and you still have the decor you have now. And especially since you plan on signing Grubauer, like Van Check's probably the odd guy out there anyway. So it really doesn't make sense at this point. Um, like Vanacek's not going to get the return of two second round picks. They had to have at least some sense of what Brendan Dillon's value would be in a trade. Uh, because like as an NHL GM, you, you usually have an idea of those types of things. So the fact that Ron Francis just kind of botched this one yet again, it's another questionable whole thing that's going on there. I, I just, it, it blows my mind what they've done so far. I, I know I've said that before in this episode, but I really can't believe it. This is how Seattle's treating their offseason. All right. Chase, let's get into hockey name of the day. Um, that's going to do it for the trades. And then, um, yeah, we'll just keep you guys updated on free agency. We are going to be coming out with uh, two episodes a day for, um, what, until next season? Or, or how's this How's this all working? Give us, Chase, you, you've got a better grasp than me on this. So what's an update for the fans to look forward to during this summer? Yeah, so we're going to keep on rolling uh, two episodes a week. We're going to do the best we can with content. We're going to try to keep it hockey-related. Um, there's obviously not going to be all hockey content to talk about, so we're, we're going to have some other things to talk about too. So we're, we're going to be doing two a week, uh, whether it always be Tampa Talk or Hockey Talk. It might not be, but we're going to keep the content rolling. Uh, you know, ho- Hopefully you guys enjoy it. want to keep hearing our voices. But we, we, we figure you know, that this is a good way to keep you guys engaged You know, so you don't forget about us because you don't want to forget about our great voices. Chase, I'm so glad that you did that because the whole time I was just staring at Hockey Name of the Day trying to figure this one out. <laughs> um, all right, we got Swan as the first name. Uh, oh, boy. Swan Napvu de Vilmajo. Not, not too bad. Like gibberish. Yeah, Swan <laughs> Napvu de, de Vilmajo. Vilmajo. Yeah, so our boy Swan is a French defenseman, a 20-year-old who's 6'5", 196 pounds, playing in the second-level league in France. Uh, nothing special. N- not going to really go on and have a prolific career doing anything. Might not even play for them internationally. I just randomly came across his name today. I was like, this just looks like someone to fall asleep on the keyboard. This is going to be fun. Um, uh, yeah, interesting name. Never heard anyone named Swan and... Um, yeah, I know French names don't really do either of us favors. I know you struggle with them pretty heavily, too, but you seem to do OK on this one. Well, I'll tell you why, because uh, I had friends in elementary school and their last name was Marcou and spelt like this. So I just had to uh, add the villa to it. But I still struggled with the, the second name there. The what is it? Nepu? Nepu? Nepu. Nepu. There we go. Yeah. So, um, 
It was all right, but uh, I'm, I'm glad I, I did get some extra time there because you were doing the update. But speaking of updates, why don't you update the fans? Let them know how to stay up to date with us. All right, as always, I want to thank you guys for listening. Go check us out on Patreon. Support us over there if you want to. Get some extra content from the network. Uh, just a little fun way to support us if you want to. But, you know, you do you. Regardless, go follow us on Twitter at Bulls Broadcast. That's at Bulls Broadcast. You can follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. All right, follow WMP on Twitter at WMP Sports Pod. That's WMP Sports Pod. That way you're getting your hockey talk, your football talk, getting everything you need in life. Uh, make sure you go to the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. Find all the podcasts and network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Make sure to check out the blogs too. Uh, I'm planning on doing something else coming up here pretty soon. Uh, I've got some ideas, so be on the look out. Uh, we're, you know, wherever you're listening, if you could raise five stars, send us your questions, comments, concerns, we'd really appreciate it. But whatever you do, do not forget to use code THPN when you sign up for DraftKings. Thanks so much for listening. We'll talk to you next time.